Hey everyone, welcome to episode 70 of the Christian Music Blog Podcast. The CMB Podcast is designed to serve people of faith who make music and people of faith who love music, who love uh, some of today's top artists, top worship leaders within uh, the church today. So um, we had Stephen Miller on the podcast on episode 29 uh, a few years ago when we were getting launched here, and um, I had him back. And so he is in today's episode where I was uh, privileged to meet up with him again a few days ago um, live over at the live stream. And the live stream, if you guys have been listening to the last few episodes, we are doing this new format where we're doing these podcasts live. Now, at the moment, as I'm recording this, it's not live. I'm recording this to um, a little SD card on my digital recorder uh, through my mixer, how I do my podcasts, you know, Uh, but the old way without anyone watching me. And so you're listening in the future. Um, But what you're going to hear um, when you hear this interview is you're going to hear it uh, as it was done at blab.im. And that's how we do these live streams. If you head over to natefancher.com forward slash live stream, you can see previous replays. You'll see the videos of of me talking with these guests. And Stephen Miller was on recently, and um, it was a great time. So... If you go watch that replay, in fact, you'll get the very raw, unedited version. This is the more polished, edited version for you to enjoy uh, wherever you may be today, whether it's in your car, you're at the gym, you're jogging, whatever you do um, when you consume podcasts. So, Stephen Miller has released a great album, a great new record called Liberating King. Um, There's a book that goes with that that's going to be released in May. We talked about these things, as well as his new... um, his new resource called The Rooted Network. It's a, it's a new network for worship leaders, um, and he's teaming up with some great worship leaders to do this. We talked about that, which includes a conference. We talked about hymns and um, bad hymns versus good hymns. We talked about a lot of great things, so you're going to want to definitely stick it out for this entire conversation. And, um, and I'll circle back around at the end to kind of fill in any gaps and to give you guys links to today's um, show notes and everything else. So here is my interview with Stephen Miller on the Christian Music Blog Podcast, session number 70. back on the podcast with Stephen Miller. We've got um, Stephen with us today on episode 70, and he was back on episode 29. It's been a while, and we talked about his book. At that po- at that time, it was Worship Leaders, We Are Not Rock Stars, and the record that he released with that was All Hail the King. Um, Stephen, go ahead and say hello to folks who are just joining us. Hey, guys. Good to see you. And uh, we're here live over at blab.im. It's the live stream, which you can actually go and watch also at natefancher.com forward slash live stream. Um, in the future. And for those of you, most of you who are watching or listening, I should say, listening to this podcast um, in the future, um, you can head over to natefancher.com forward slash live stream and um, be a part of the next one that we do. We're, we're, we're trying out this new thing called blab.im. It's a, it's a new social sort of periscope-ish platform for live streaming and hanging out. And so we're able to capture the video, which you can watch the replay on our interview today. And um, you can even come, if you're with us live, you can come and ask questions in the chat room 
and um, tweet out different things and and just be part of the discussion in a in a more engaging way. So, but it's great to have you back, Stephen. Thanks for thanks for doing this on the blab. The blab. Yeah, man. it's blab. good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, we're gonna um, dive into your new record, your latest record, Liberating King. Very cool, and uh, we'll be weaving some music in and out once we edit everything. We'll we'll be playing some of that music for the folks listening in the future. But um, you've got a new book that's going to be coming out next May. At the time of this recording, it's October, and uh, there's a lot going on with you. But um, we were just starting out. You're a family guy. You've got kids, and why don't we just start there? Let's just talk about like how awesome your family is for a minute. <laughs> yeah, man. I. Uh... Uh, I've been married for uh, over 12 years, almost 13 years. We have a 12-year-old little girl, uh, which is like a whole new season of life for me, having someone who's almost a teenager and just trying to figure that whole thing out. But then we've got a younger daughter na- uh, named Kira, who's nine. And then we adopted two boys from Ethiopia, uh, who were nine and seven. And then in 2013, we had our fifth kiddo. His, his birthday is actually today. He turns two today. And uh, so it's a full life, man. We love it. Um, just there's never a dull moment in our house, and that's okay. I'm, I kind of like it that way, you know? <laughs> man, you don't look like you're old enough to have a 12-year-old. I'm sorry. Yeah, we got started young, man. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you know, you're always going to either start young or, or, and have, you know, you know your, your newly married life sort of interrupted right away and have all that time yeah. on the back end or the other way around. Yeah. Uh, my, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I chose the, the, the other, you know, we, we didn't have kids till five years into our marriage, but, um, so I'm going to be that old guy going across the graduation <laughs> platform at his son's high school. Good, yeah. Been listening to your, your record, Liberating King. Um, you were in Texas now. The last time we spoke, you were in Missouri. You've got a great band. I don't know what the whole story is with your band and stuff, but um, you guys travel. You do some ministry outside of your local church as well as in your local church. You're very rooted. Um, and I I love what you've done on this record. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the record first, and then we'll go into the book. Yeah, man. Um, so I actually wrote this album while I was writing the book. Um, and so I was just pouring over the scriptures and, and really um, – diving into the idea that when we are worshiping Jesus, um, that that's just such a gift from God to us. Um, the, the promise of scripture is that uh, the truth will set us free, you know? And, and so as, um, as we worship Jesus, we're encountering the truth in very unique and, and specific and, and, and amazing ways, miraculous ways, even that, that, um, Jesus called himself the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He called the spirit, the spirit of truth, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And and he called his word, the word of truth, and said, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. And, um, and so, like, as we worship, we're filling our minds and our mouths and our memories with God's word, uh, the word of truth. We're encountering the person of Jesus, and we're being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, and so there was just something to that. As I was pursuing that, what does it look like um, to be to be free, to be liberated, and all the different ways that that impacts our lives? And so I started writing about free to suffer well, free to uh, stop worrying, free to love other people, free to trust God and walk by faith, free to you know live a holy life. And so there was just all these kind of topics and subjects that were coming up and. 
And I was walking through with my wife and a lot of our band guys, we were walking through the season together that was frankly a really difficult time, you know? And, uh, and so as we, as we walked through that together, we began to see this hope on the backdrop of reality, you know, like there is no greater reality than what Jesus has done for us. But oftentimes in this broken world that we're walking through, things look, look pretty grim, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to write songs that had a realism to them, uh, that had a hope, but like a realistic hope, not like a, like a cheerleader kind of let's gloss over everything and make it look really pretty. But like just this authenticity and I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but for me, uh, and for, for our group, like we just wanted to write, in a way that was going to minister to our own hearts at that time. You know, there was some of it that we I mean, were very, very intentional at all times about writing for the local church. Um, we want songs to be birthed out of the local church and for the heart of the local church. But so much of that was coming from our own walk and our own journey at that point that we were just writing songs that would encourage our own souls, you know, yeah. and, and encourage one another. And, and then it came about that we're like, well, if this is like what we're going through, there's probably a good chance that the people in our congregation are going through a lot of these same things too. And so we started to, to lead these songs in our local church and man, I've just never seen a response like what we've seen with these songs. People just coming and saying, thank you for giving me words as I walk through this valley. You know, thank you for giving me a song to sing as I'm doubting in this area and this area and, and, and all that kind of thing like that. So that's been really encouraging for me. It's, it's intentionally, um, we, we've spent a lot of time making the arrangements like, um, hopefully very much so something that you could do in your local church. Um, we keyed songs so that men could sing them. Uh, you know, we tried to make it to where the church could really engage, you know, not this like crazy musical experience that no one else could replicate, you know, but, but that was still true to who we were. You know, the love of God track four, that old hymn, Ooh. I love that hymn. And tell us about why hymns are important to you. You know, when you look at the lyrics yeah. of that song, it's so poetic. You've got, just lyrics that aren't really written that way these days, especially in, in worship music. Yeah. Um, tell us why that's important. Well, you know, I, I mean, I definitely believe that the scriptures command us to sing a new song to the Lord. And so I, I, I I'm a very pro singing songs that are being birthed out of your own heart and, and songs that God is giving to you at the same time. Like, we are standing on the shoulders of giants in a lot of ways, you know, like these theological, um, just absolute studs from pastors from hundreds of years ago who are writing these songs for their congregation really as portable theology, like as, as song sermons, you know, um, knowing that uh, there are people we're going to walk away. I, I remember at one point um, hearing uh, that uh, Charles Wesley told his brother, um, you know, it's, it's okay uh, that, or John Wesley told Charles, it's, it's okay that people aren't going to walk away remembering my sermon because they're going to walk away singing your song, you know? Yeah. And, and it, it's, it, it really is this way of getting God's word into us. It's really this way of, of growing in our understanding of and giving a big picture of who God is in a very like poetically beautiful way, you know? Yeah. Um, and so uh, those songs have stood the test of time for good reason. You know, they're not uh, being thrown out the way that a lot of our modern songs 
have been you know i think about songs that i grew up singing uh whenever you know the whole choruses thing were starting to come along at the time and i just kind of laugh at, at some of the stuff we sang uh even in high even even five ten years ago you know kind of thing uh these songs have stood the test of time and it's because pastors are writing them uh, to give their people uh, god's word to sing When you think about hymns that, um, over the years, you know, there, there are certainly hymns that are just pillars in the church forever and ever. Um, I think of, you know, so many hymns when I think about those kind of hymns. But then you have hymns that are um, just from a different time that just could could be okay to not do. Uh, so where I'm going with all this, I know I'm kind of chasing a rabbit here. Yeah, just maybe hearing you speak to that, like having the the ability to discern between a good hymn and a bad hymn. I think a lot of people do latch onto hymns just because they're old. There is that, which isn't necessarily the right reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are, there are hymns that I think that shouldn't be sung that are sung today, you know, like, um, and I won't name a ton just because, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not my job necessarily. I mean, it is my job to choose what I want to sing and what I think, you know, yeah. the church should be seen um, as far as it's up to me. But at the same time, um, I, I, I try to gauge things by helpfulness, you know, uh, and, and singability and memorability and truth according to the scripture. Uh, and some, some hymns are just not true according to the scripture. Uh, some hymns are vague they they get to the point where they're so poetic that they're vague, or they're painting a picture uh, of Jesus that's not a helpful picture to have. Like I, I remember, and this is sort of the revivalist type hymns you're talking about. Some of them can tend to paint this picture of Jesus like he's this really kind of pathetic ex boyfriend who's knocking on your door, like please let me in, like you know I need I need you I need you oh I need you please please accept me, you know, kind of thing. And, and Jesus is just not like that. Like whenever I read the scriptures, I see a conquering King. I mean, certainly Jesus, when he comes here, he comes as a, a humble servant born as a baby to a virgin in a barn, rise into Jerusalem on a donkey rather than like this kingly, you know, stallion or whatever. Um, but uh, but whenever you see him coming again, you know, in his resurrected glory, he's got 
eyes that look like fire and tattoos down his thigh and a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth and he's trampling the wine press of God's wrath. You know, like this, this is the God that we serve and he's certainly a God of mercy and kindness and compassion and gentleness, but he's not a pathetic ex-boyfriend. Like he doesn't need us. He wants us for sure, but he doesn't need us. So I, I look at things like that. I look at songs that are really uh, sort of escapist, uh, that sort of project this escapist mentality. Uh, oh, we just got to get to heaven. We just got to get to heaven. Just got to get to heaven. Yeah. Uh, and and like my grandparents love those songs, you know, and, and I mean, I think about that because they're probably closer to being in heaven. You know, they, they're, they're thinking about that blessed hope that they're waiting for. Um, at the same time, it can give this escapist mentality that like, we don't need to value our time here. We don't need to have an urgency about reaching the lost here. Uh, even in, in Revelation 21, the image is that heaven is coming to earth and that heaven and earth will be one and there will be a new heaven and a new earth and God will recreate all things and um, make all things right and all things new. So um, I just want to be careful about giving people this weird uh, tone about living life where we are right now. You know what I mean? When I die, hallelujah, by and by, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess I did name name a song there, but um, kind of. Hey, let's talk a little bit more about Rooted Network. Um, it looks like I've got the page up here on my other computer, just looking at the about page under the under the website there. And uh, I'd love to hear more about what your vision is for that and where you guys are headed with it. Yeah, man, we um, we started talking about it back in January. You know, um, it had been kind of. Uh, a, a, a long time on my heart to, um, I, I just kind of began to look out onto the church in as a, as a whole at large, and see that there are sort of like two camps, and the one camp is very much so like the intellectually driven, heady, doctrinally like this is what matters to us is is being in line with the scriptures and and all that, but it's sort of it tends to be a little bit void of emotional expression uh, of any kind of like experiential type uh, atmosphere. Uh, and then there's the side over here that's like all emotional expression and, you know, at atmosphere and, you know, experience and all that kind of thing like that. As long as we have the warm fuzzies and the goosebumps, we're cool, but there's really not a lot tethering it to uh, the scriptures. And, and so I just thought, what would it look like to, sort of bring both of those to the center because both of them have amazing things about them. Like I love to be in the presence of God with the people of God singing the praises of God and, and just to lose myself in that. Right. But I also, uh, it has to be tethered to scripture. It has to be rooted in a love for God's word and a love for Jesus. And, uh, and, and really um, what would it look like for us to sort of empower the church to be both, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, rooting everything in love for the scripture, for God's word, for, for, for God's church and go that route. Um, and, and in a way that doesn't sort of blow them up or make them feel burdened or like they're not, you know, they're lesser, you know, but in a way that would actually encourage them and build them up. Um, and so that's sort of where we went. And, and we really, um, through that, we were really kind of seeing, man, um, women who are leading worship don't have a lot out there for them. 
uh, to be able to, to come and feel like they're a valued part of leadership uh, in the worshiping community. And, and the same goes for um, any minority. I mean, it tends to be a white boys club, you know, as worship leaders. And so I started with talking with Andy, uh, you know, and Andy's just got, Andy's from Vertical Church Band uh, in, in, um, in Har at Harvest Bible Chapel in, in Chicago. Um, started talking with him, started talking with Glenn Packiam uh, from New Life Church in Colorado Springs. And he kind of launched the Desperation Band. And now he's an Anglican priest and um, just, I mean, an amazing guy who sort of, in himself encapsulates the whole vision of Rooted Network, you know? Um, and then talking to Lauren and talking to Courtney and just kind of sharing this vision that I had and asking if they would want to join me in, in it. And all of them were like, man, God's been laying the groundwork in my heart for something like this. So let's do it. We started the, the we started building the website back in like March maybe, um, and then we just now have planned uh, started to plan our events for 2016. We'll have our first one day conference. It's a it's a one day uh, from like 9:30 to 4:30 in Austin, Texas, at Hill Country Bible Church, and the five of us will teach and we'll lead worship, and it'll just be a time of refreshing and encouraging and equipping uh, for worship leaders and for worship leaders to bring their whole teams uh, and pastors to come and bring their whole worship teams, all that kind of thing. And and do I mean God willing, we'll do um, another one like maybe May in Colorado Springs, and then August in Chicago, and then something in the West coast, maybe next late, late, late next year. So, um, it's a pretty exciting thing for me right now. Um, just because the more and more I coach young worship leaders, um, the more I see that there's a hunger to grow and a hunger to be developed and a hunger to be able to steward God's word and God's church well as they're leading worship. And so, um, that's really the goal is to pour into worship leaders and help them to, to grow and be developed and to, to love Jesus more, you know, and to love their churches more. Liberating King, you guys who are listening, you can go over to stephen-miller.com. You can purchase the, the whole record on iTunes, Amazon, Bandcamp, Noise Trade, um, and the book will be out in May. Follow Stephen on social media. He's at Stephen Miller. We'll have all these links in our show notes for today. Just head over to natefancher.com and just search Stephen Miller, and this is episode 70. It should pop right up there. But um, Stephen, if you could leave us with one parting piece of just truth and inspiration, um, what would it be? It could be for a general thing or it could be for worship leaders specifically, whatever is on your heart these days. You know, um, that's a broad question, but I would say as, as God has been speaking to me, I'm finding it's very helpful as I share it with other people. But um, you know, when the Egyptians are pursuing the Israelites – uh, in the book of Exodus, um, I think it's chapter 14. Um, they're butted up against the Red Sea and they're freaking out. Like, God, you brought us here so that, you know, we would die here, you know, kind of thing. And uh, God tells them, I will fight for you. And you have yet, and you've just to be silent, right? So the idea is um, 
man, we're probably all in some ways bombarded by some things that we're tempted to freak out about right now. And if you're not right now, get ready because it's coming. Um, but God is saying, like, I've got this, you know, I, I'm watching out for you. I'm fighting for you. I didn't send my son to die for you for no reason. Uh, I will complete what I started. Uh, and you have just to be silent. That doesn't mean be uh, a lazy Christian, you know, who doesn't do anything. You know, God gave us uh, prepared good works for us before the beginning of time. But what that does mean is that we can trust that he's in control and he's watching out for us. Uh, and if we're just silent and if we don't try to plow ahead and get ahead of him, he'll fight for us and he'll take care of us. He'll defend us, protect us, guide, lead us like a wise, loving father. Um, and not a wimpy, wise, loving father, but a, a warrior, wise, loving father. Next chapter, chapter 15, he says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. So whenever the Lord's fighting for you, uh, it's an unavoidable win, you know? It's great. It's great. Again, everyone, head over to stephen-miller.com and um, check out the new record, Liberating King, just what you talked about, The Warrior, he's a Liberating King. The book's coming out in May. Um, and worship leaders, worship pastors, people who are um, feeling a call to worship ministry, head over to rootednetwork.org. That's right? Yeah. Rootednetwork.org and, um, and follow them there. Stephen, thanks again for being on our podcast and um, looking forward to seeing uh, next year, what, what what's going what's going to happen with everything that you're doing? Oh, man, thanks a lot. It's good to be here. Excellent. Okay, guys, head over to natefancher.com, and if you search for Stephen Miller, you're going to see the two episodes that we've done with him: episode 29 and episode 70. At the top right of the website, you'll see a little magnifying glass, which is our uh, way to search. So you can just go there and search Stephen Miller, and you'll find all of the show notes. Uh, you'll find links to rootednetwork.org. You'll find links to um, the, the album Rooted, I'm sorry, the album Liberated King. Liberating King is a fantastic record. You can get that at Bandcamp. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can get it at iTunes, um, however you'd like to consume that music. And um, yeah, so go check out what he's doing and make sure to definitely get that book when it when it's released next year and follow him on social media at Stephen Miller on Twitter. And um, for us, follow us on Twitter, CMB Podcast, and I am Nate Fancher. It's been great being with you again today, and I'm real excited about the future of this podcast. We've got some interesting things coming up, um, some new interviews and some exciting opportunities for you as a songwriter. And so um, to wrap up this entire episode, I just want to say, if you are a songwriter, please consider joining us. We are launching a new songwriting community for songwriters, whether you're a beginner um, or an intermediate songwriter, or even uh, a songwriter that's been writing songs for many years. Come join us. Head over to natefancher.com. You'll see some links there for a book that you can get for free that's called The Everyday Songwriter. And you can pick up that book for free at the website, and that'll put you in... Uh, my email list and you can be finding out all about this new community called songwriting good to great it's a new private community that i'm really excited about launching with fellow songwriters like yourself and um, i would love for you to be a part of that so again just head over to natefancher.com and you can find that free book 
Um, with that, there's a free songwriting video series, three videos with a bunch of resources, all for free, that you can go sign up for all of that, and you'll find out more about the new community, Songwriting Good to Great. Awesome. You guys have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time right here on the CMB Podcast. Hey